Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
time it is. It's that official time when we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up. Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in. And recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis. When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him. He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point then we hear a name change. Rearrange the game so now we gotta change. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Man, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone, as always, uh, here Live and living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. <clears throat> so, really interesting story, ladies and gentlemen. This goes to show how much um, I want to be with you all, how much this is uh, serious for me. Uh, I just um, <clears throat> got out of the emergency room a couple of hours ago. Um, my back has been hurting me <clears throat> like crazy, and uh, I had to go to the emergency room and get to treat it. Um, before I go to my doctor, get checked out. So uh, that goes to show how important it is for me to be a part uh, here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show and be sure to uh, give you guys uh, the <clears throat> amazingness um, that you deserve uh, as awesome, awesome, wonderful, wonderful fans. So as the PNP Nation continues to load up, I hope you guys are doing well today. Um, I had a bad headache because my back was hurting so bad, and so they treated that. My back uh, is better. My head is better. Still some uh, <laughs> some uh, loop, loopiness from uh, the, the medicine that they gave me, but uh, <clears throat> I'm here. I'm ready, ready to rock and ready to roll and have some fun with you all, so. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into the uh, part two interview with uh, with um, Mike McGurk, and uh, going to have some fun with that. She has a really interesting Shane McMahon story that she's going to tell you. Uh, what's going on? What's, <clears throat> what's going on, Bobby? Uh, glad to have you, uh, PMP Nation. Welcome, Bobby, to the chat. Um, I um, I had. 
two surgeries, two big back surgeries, um, one in 2013 and one in 2018. 2013 was a uh, micro. What's up, Allie? <clears throat> Good to have you. Um, 2013 was a micro discectomy, and uh, 2018 was a spinal fusion. So I've had back problems for almost 25 years. Um, scoliosis, all stemming from um, in high school and all kinds of craziness. So car accidents, none of them were my fault, but I was part of uh, people just driving recklessly. And so my back has been going through <laughs> some journeys over the past 25 years and it's been a a pretty tough journey, but um, uh, a lot of people know that um, I'm a strong man of faith, and uh, I know that this journey, if I can help someone else and encourage them to to keep going and uh, don't don't lose faith and don't lose hope, uh, that's that's that, and uh, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, you fell you fell on ice 25 years ago, and you have a compressed spine. Oh my goodness, man! I'm I'm sorry to hear that. That bites. Um, so you understand <laughs> you understand the struggle that comes with uh, with with back problems. And so uh, I'm going to play this interview part two from Mike McGurk. Um, she had a really interesting Shane McMahon story, an exclusive. Uh, she actually dropped the name of someone who used to whip around Shane McMahon. Um, so, oh goodness, uh, Ali, permanent damage in your knee, um, almost 15 years from my, your pain, man, I'll be praying for Bobby and Ali and back problems too. So yeah, I'll be praying for y'all. Um, we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, like I said, Mike McGurk has some really interesting, uh, <laughs> you know, me as a journalist, I got to pull something out that, uh, someone hasn't heard before. So. Pull an interesting Shane McMahon story out of her, which she actually dropped the name of uh, who used to whip him around, and some stories that uh, <laughs> that that she shared with uh, Shane and 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 how Vince McMahon and and uh, really interesting stuff. Basically, how they would hide stuff from Vince, and really really fun stuff uh, <laughs> that she shared. So. Uh, enjoy the interview, and uh, I'll be back on the other side. See you soon. And you miss it, you're gone. Um, and, and I grew up that way, too, but I grew up with a pencil. I remember always looking at, I still don't like pencils today, but it was on the booking sheet, and that's, and that's how they used to write it out, and you were in pencil. And at any given time, it could change, and I learned about change that, um, you know, it was even printed on every one of my dad's programs, and um, all events are subject to change, you know, so yeah. there was not anybody that was going to come back and say, hey, we were supposed to see this match, and blah, 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 they, God, who knows, I guess they would do that now, everybody complains about something, um, <laughs> and they've forgot about um, just Hey, complain it to my face, but you know when you go behind my back and you say these kind of things and you you get really brave on a computer, um, 
it it uh, bothers me. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, bothers me. Yeah, they don't know warriors out there now. Right. And they <laughs> yeah. didn't talk in my shoes or right. or um and and how I you know, there've been just just some things that you know, you just think, ah, my record will show and um people kind people like you reach out and think that I might have something interesting to say to you and your listeners, and I hope I do. I hope I of have. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, I, yeah. I was just glad when uh, Liz came along, and Elizabeth was just, uh, for so long, it was the three of us. You know, mm-hmm. there was Sherry and, and Elizabeth and, and myself, and um, so, yeah, we were, you know, Rand, and she had Randy, you know, so she was she was good to go. Sherry had Sherry. Me, I'm just, you know, better have my bluff in, and that was pretty much. <laughs> I, so yeah, they weren't they weren't sure. I never I never let anybody know that I didn't know how to, uh, or wouldn't put them in a hold. So as um, mm-hmm. I said, I'm sure Leroy taught you stuff because you know my dad, Greg's Greg Ganya's dad, um, Vern, mm-hmm. is the one that um, won the belt, the junior heavyweight belt that my dad had held, um, before, you know, before he had his accident where he lost his eye. So there was always that Minneapolis connection, too, that um, I shared with Kurt and uh, Kurt Henning and even um, oh, my beloved animal, Joe. I love Joe. And mm. that Minneapolis connection was pretty, you know, Vern, Vern didn't... Um, Mints around. He was a. He was. He was good. And my dad had respect for him. And you know, they had something going that would have been pretty good. And it was good for a while. Where um, Minneapolis, Kansas City, um, the Oklahoma, Louisiana territory, and Fritz all were getting together. And they had the idea uh, of where they would be circulating. You know, the talent and keeping it. You know, in the Midwest or combining it. But. You know, Chris, sometimes greed gets into it and, and yeah, it makes it a great thing up. And, yeah, it uh, was such a good superpower style, you know, uh, um, kind of connection that could have happened. I mean, you, of course, oh. Vince was just the king of the Northeast. Right. But you had, um, you, know, you know, you had Fritz with the Texas Territory. You had Watts with, with the Mid-South, with the... Um, the, the 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 Oklahoma uh and and uh in Louisiana, you know, had the big shows in New Orleans, you know, when when J Y D was there, you know, and, and Ted DiBiase and, and Butch Reed and Jim Duggan, you know, so it, it you had and of course Vern and you know, the Central Territory, the the Minnesotas and, and Missouris and Central States and, you know, things like that with Harley Race and so there was a lot. There was a lot of within the eighties, especially within the eighties. There was such a a huge type of um, blanket territory that could have been. I mean, I and mean, we saw it a lot. I mean, we saw you know when the NWA owned a lot. I mean, when when the, a lot of those promotions were under the NWA un- umbrella, you know, you saw a lot of talents being switched over, but. You know, Watts broke away, you know, and, and did the UWF thing, you know, and then, uh, you know, yeah, Vern was... I mean, my dad, it was done for us. Um, mm. You know, we could go so far, and it was it was changing. And yeah. Yeah, well. in 1982, 
Um, and I know I've taken some people back because, oh, my gosh, satellite. And, you know, we're reminded of what WTBS became and a little Channel 17 in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was, you know, we in 1980, we had satellite. And even in Oklahoma, we didn't have the U station. Uh, and you couldn't get the people to change over to a UHF. You know, it was, we had our main ABC, CBS, NBC. That was it. And then, oh, my gosh, we're going to have a Channel 23, which was the first one, UHF. Well, what happened? We lost the contract to NBC, uh, and we'd had it for years. Watts came in. Um, he took over. He got the contract. The only thing that we were left is with the UHF. And in 19, it was easier to get cable than it was to put a darn antenna, a UHF antenna on your TV to get that. They didn't want to see it. They were wanting to see what was going on in Atlanta. And then Monday evening, Madison Square Garden was coming in. And, you know, those were towns we were running. Um, my dad ran for several years. He and Bill ran two towns a night, mm-hmm. seven days a week. And, of course, you had... You know, if anybody can always get this correct, Bill and I still can, and sometimes Jim, but uh, all of Oklahoma, all of Arkansas, um, the southwest part of Missouri, the northeast part of Texas, all of Louisiana, and all of Mississippi. And that was running on what people don't understand is, like, and some do out there, uh, bicycling. So, like, you know, the southern end, Louisiana, Mississippi, all that would see one set of tapes. We'd have another set of tapes up north and recirculating the talent. And then it became that you needed to keep talent down south, and then some wanted to. But the north, we didn't have enough in Arkansas and Oklahoma to hold what was happening in Louisiana and Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, But the thing that, you know, was always iffy about Louisiana is because it, and it still is. It was politics. It was just politics all the way down. I mean, sometimes the and even the northern Louisiana you could run, but you couldn't run in southern Louisiana because the good old boys down there. It was it was exactly why they call it parishes. And I love Louisiana. My dad did too. But it was um, that was the toughest place to promote in, really, without them. You know, and and that's true. They felt that. They they needed to have their fair share of it too, yeah, and yeah. you had to buy a promoter's license. And even my dad and Bill would go into uh, the Senate, and many many times in Louisiana to get the rules changed um, for having some sports promotion and making it uh, open. It was it was not it was not very open to um, anything unless it was was something down there. They weren't into national. Uh, tough man that was another break uh but you know the sport they had not even had a sports commission yet so um yeah that, you know i i grew up with that i was there um when the superdome um, our first superdome in 1976 i did a promo shop with um a promo shop with bill and my dad and one of the tv guys there that um was was promoting us and it's look it's a really cool shot but it's you know it was it was fascinating because we're standing in the middle of it and looking around because it was huge it was like it it was 
well, it's the Superdome back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've so, been there. Yeah, and <laughs> know that they did, had so much success, and that was another thing about, you know, risk. And um, it, but it it, uh, it worked, and yeah. it was a super show, and yeah. and that was the beginning of what I see now um, is like what you know your Vince has had your Summer Slams or your your quarterly big shows. Mm-hmm. It was the beginning of that, but you know we weren't filming it, which is a shame on those early days. I don't know if we even had the capacity to you know sure. um, to get a camera crew out there that could handle it because the technology just wasn't there. You know, right. it would just, right. sadly, yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, the advancements <laughs> really has given wrestling over the past, I'd say, 30 years, 30 to 35 years, the advancements has really one of, been one of the biggest, you know, perks of, of the uh, the growth and the booming of, of wrestling. You know, pre nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty five. I mean, like <laughs> it was, you know, closed circuit, and and uh, you really don't have much exposure. You know, with with that, in that, like you know, it would, you had like you said, TBS with Georgia Championship Wrestling. They had T, uh, TBS in the in the eighties, early eighties. Uh, oh, it's huge! The, uh, huge. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, um, I, while we were still in business, it's like God. We want Tommy Rich. We, you know, <laughs> yeah. we knew we knew where they've been watching. You know, yeah. and and it became that that um, even though we had to, we had good talent, we had great talent, Tennessee. I mean, but it was something new, and yeah. you know, it, wildfire. And they were incorporating what you know came to pass, which. I knew when it first started that it was like 1982 when the the music was coming. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't have music to these guys, and mm-hmm. you younger people don't get it. And when it was happening, it was like, yeah, because it's like I I refer to DiBiase so much because I grew up around him, and he's a dear, dear, dear friend, always will be. Brian, all of them, but um, Ted was one that, you know, here his dad had worked for my dad, was a former junior heavyweight champion, which my dad had that belt that was his his to to uh, to hold, and um, and and that's how NWA that that was going to retire with my father um, mm-hmm. to have the control over it. But um, so we talk about it. it was like, yeah, whatever you think about this music. But here was Ted. And he was part of the new generation coming up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. You didn't see, um, never to take away the old guys, but there were some some of those out there that, you know, it was pretty staunchy, mm-hmm. rough looking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, and good people, all right, all right. But they didn't have the bodies, and, and they weren't, the music wasn't, you know, that was even hard for my dad. He was like, well, what are they doing? And, of course, being blind, too, but I remember him at one of the WWF shows that I'd take him with with me to, and I loved it because he got to be with the boys. But he was not used to uh, the sound of, you know, those metal risers and people are, you know, stomp their feet, and it's just really, really deafening. Sometimes it's loud, and they're, you know, excited. Well, my dad was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. What is that? And I said, Dad, it's 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 the, it's the crowd, you know. And he goes, it's the fans. And I, he said, you're kidding me. But he to see the little chuckle in his smile that you know that wrestling 
what, that there was such excitement, that yeah. there was such a big crowd. And you can imagine a blind person thinking, you know, God, it sounds like a, you know, a horde of, <laughs> you know, we're going to be trampled because that noise was so loud, but he didn't understand how or what it was coming from. And I was like, Dad, they're, they're, they love this new style. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was, he, you know, somebody who tried to explain to him, he said, well, they're still doing holes. They still, you know, he was, his love was amateur um, all the way. That's what he, his, his love, that's why he was, he had picked out, um, and with, with Jack Briscoe, um, because he was a Oklahoma State wrestler, and my dad loved it. And, and of course, Jack turned out to be the best. He, oh, Jack was so yeah, underrated. Was oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, one of the best in the NWA history, for sure. Yeah, you bet. So my, and, um, so my, I hate to throw names around, but that was another person that you know I I grew up with when I was younger, and I can remember my mom um, taking me and his wife then Karen, and we were looking for places for Jack and the kids to live. because <laughs> so, he was you know signing up with the territory and hit, going on the road and. And uh, that was normal for the uh, families to either live my, a lot in Tulsa, and then if you were down south, you were probably in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. not much Shreveport, but Baton Rouge was kind of you know, central. So, yeah, um, and then years later, um, and he was just as gorgeous and sweet and talented as Jack Briscoe could ever be. And we always shared and still do with Jerry is, you know, we're Oklahoma. And there wasn't, I tell them, I said, every time I go through their hometown, which is Blackwell, Oklahoma, I said, you know, all I have to do is throw out the Briscoe name, and that gets me out of it. So, <laughs> I'll send you an autograph picture. <laughs> right. So my last question to you before we, uh, before we go, and I thank you so much uh, for, for being on the show tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I want to, uh, before we uh, get into that, uh, thank you so much, Chris. Um, this sweet heart of a man here that uh, you listeners are listening to has been so patient with me. I've had a great, thankful, um, busy spring and summer, and um, we're drying out here in Oklahoma finally with the floods, and um, I've been busy and doing well, and like I said, I'm looking forward to go to another wrestling show, and um, we'll be back in, uh, I think it was Russell Cade that uh, I just plugged for uh, uh, in November, and um, but be, but stay tuned. Look at my website, uh, Twitter, I'm out there, and, and call Chris. I get a hold of Chris. Tell him what you thought. If you, hopefully that you like this interview, and um, we'll um, see you down the road again. Yeah. And I thank you fans for following me and, and acknowledging and uh, bringing me this far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm curious to know your take on um, your departure for WWE. There's so many, and we talked about this off air. There's, there, we talked about this off air. There's so many rumors and stuff and stuff that's on the online. I am interviewing the Mike McGurk. What is the true story of why Mike McGurk left the WWE in 1994? Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I I know the uh, fiction is so much more yeah. exciting. So, <laughs> so much, much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth of it is, yeah, everything was happening at the time. Um, the steroid steroid uh, the crisis was happening. There was attorneys, um, gosh, coming down on vents. Um, everything was being pulled in. I was given the option to come to the Connecticut 
and be a part of the television studio and still be on the television team. Um, and again, Oklahoma to Connecticut. I had other people in my life, my mom, and I had two young children at the time mm-hmm. that were very well rooted in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I, my mom had come up there with me several times. Vince flew her up. Uh, yes, he did. He was wonderful to me and my family, but he'd flow, fly my mom up and my little girl, um, and they'd t- we'd take a look around for rent houses. We never found anything. It was so expensive. My God, from, I mean, I, I couldn't believe, uh, anyway, y'all, it was, it was expensive. But anyway, Vince <laughs> allowed me to stay here, but now it was different. So this time it was like, we gotta, you gotta move here or um, this is, we're moving in a different direction. Mm. And we can't, I, he can't being, he, he couldn't bring everybody in. So that was part of it that um, we agreed to move on. Um, the, the contract changed. That was another thing that uh, I lost my, I lost the personalization with Vince. Um, and I felt that other people had gotten into the contract and I, um, I was not going to sell my name. Uh, that was my given name. Um, it's not, a, it's not meant for Michelle or anything else. And given the brief history I've given your fans tonight, um, on my background, I was meant to be a boy and it's really Michael. My dad's middle name was Michael. He was Leroy Michael McGurk and I became, am, Michael Kathleen. So anyway, um, it was always Mike McGurk. And so some contractual things happened, and it was best that I, I, I shook hands and, um, and left in 94 with my name and my likeness. So, um, and there was never anything, like I said, the fiction is so much more exciting. Darn it. Cause I never got, I didn't, this didn't make any move on me. I don't know where that came out of. Um, um, I had a chance to do something with the, uh, a magazine um, that wanted me to take my clothes off. That didn't happen, and that was going to something. If I did, it was to, everything that I was going to do was going to have my. I was going to have to split. So everything changed, and I said, you know, I'm out of it. I'm not going to take my clothes off anyway. Nobody. That's not. That's 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 not the way to end this. Um, thank God I didn't. Again, you know, it splattered all over. But I had kids, and it was the way how my dad raised me. And I just went through ten years with WWF, and I kept my clothes on. What was no. I? You know, uh-uh, no. no way. Exactly. And that, I just felt that was a sellout. So um, we just parted ways, and um, I just still the, the kids. I love. That boy. Uh, there's nobody better than um, Shane O'Mac. Uh, but I, you know, I used to take care of Shane <laughs> um, when we, he'd be on the road, and and Vince knew that he'd say, you know, bring him back in one piece, would you? And just bring him back. But you know, I he'd go out, uh, out with us and the guys, and I'd make sure that he'd come in and uh, drop him, roll him out of the car. <laughs> Oh well, we got to give us the direction to the room. (laughs) You got to give us a quick road story with uh, about Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon's one of the biggest heels in WWE right now. We have to hear before I let you go. uh, We got to hear a Shane McMahon road story. Uh, Do you want me to tell it to you about what I've just done uh, about uh, how um, I would? Well, Vince McMahon trusted us to take care of his son. We never got a hold of Stephanie. There's probably a reason for that. But 
several times we would um, take Shane, and sometimes it would be Sherry, but usually, um, yeah, God help us, because, yeah, Sherry, I can tell you a Sherry and Shane story. But we did take him out, and um, we would get him with the guys, and it constantly, maybe one or two times, he might be thrown around a few times, um, and probably had his hands held back while we... Uh, poured beer down him um there was a couple of times that so um um yeah uh, we watched out for shane but i always was told by his father to please bring him back in one piece and at least to the right room mm-hmm. um there was a time that he uh, missed and was in the, the wrong room it was somebody that had no idea who he was or anything but he was going to get into that room and anyway security was called but little things like that, but he was um, uh, continually, uh, yeah, he was thrown around by the wrestlers a lot, but I, I always had to, I, I was babysitting him, mm. um, but we always took care, good care of him. He saw things probably that um, was best not to go home and tell Dad that we showed him. <laughs> <laughs> Any wrestler in particular that would rough him up? I'm sorry? Any wrestler in particular that would rough him up? I can't, I wouldn't, uh, there was, there was probably two or three of them, okay. and, um, 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 I can tell you one of them was Boss Man, Boss Man had, was, was, um, um, <laughs> was lots of fun, <laughs> he, he gave him the, um, uh, listen boy, and, and the stick, so I think, um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Shane Max, uh, yeah, if you see him with a ever stick, always think of Boss Man, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, or, right. probably, or we'll witness Boss Man getting on one of the Lincoln Continentals and just jumping on it from the ground to the hood and then on top of the roof. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, oh. Uh, uh, probably got a phobia for nightsticks now. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but um, and 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 this too, you know, Shane was like, you're not going to go back and say anything, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, if anything was said, what was yeah. going to happen to him? Yeah, so he knew. Yeah. 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 He was only what about twenty, between twenty and twenty-five at that point. So. Oh. Uh, I think he was born uh, in nineteen twenty. Because I know we had him. <laughs> Uh, listen to us um, on his first fall break back and uh, one of the TVs and <laughs> so yeah I, we told him not to go away and um, <laughs> and stay at school so long because it's, it's so much fun to have him out and yeah. uh, and yes. and rough him up but he what a good he um, to me was like his mom I love his mom she's she's uh, um, what a great great lady uh, and if there's anybody that there's a backbone sorry vince it's your wife i i tell you she's, she's linda gets the and, credit oh she's <laughs> she is um i, I mean that I, I salute my hats off to her because uh at what she would put up with and at any given time it'd be great that she would fly in you know and um and always make sure that i will put this out i'm going to add just one thing else about like how things have changed but um, she would come in to make sure that everybody was being treated fairly and nice, and 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 the sexual harassment stuff was starting. And she mm-hmm. was the she made sure she was like, "Do you feel threatened? Do you feel?" I go, "Look, Linda, 
if I didn't have sexual harassment, I would never get a compliment here with these guys. Cause, <laughs> and, I, and to me, I said, my sexual harassment is it's a compliment. If they if they give you a compliment like, hey, McGurk, and it, you know, it's not it's not manly man to hand that kind of information out. But occasionally, when you got that, and I was like, are you kidding? You know, if there even was, it was never it. it I wouldn't be there. You know, that's just that's just the way it was. So yeah, anyway, um, yeah, the whole family. But, yes, that was a good Shane story and, and um, also, too, with Sherry. So uh, or times that we would have to walk him physically to the door and, you know, and knock on it for him and then just <laughs> run. <laughs> just, just run. Just leave. Anyway. Keep your, keep your, keep your identity uh, uh, inconspicuous. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, cuz cuz Shane I think was born in 1970. So this this was going on what late 80s early 90s. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's really really uh, Oh yeah. Um much. <laughs> so yeah, a great age and um just enough. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, it is it has been a pleasure, Mike. I really, really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Lots of fun. Uh, really, really cool Shane story. I really enjoyed it, too. And uh, just uh, thank you for allowing people to really come into your world, just your career as a, uh, a wrestling figure, a pro wrestling figure of the past 30-plus years. And uh, you're still killing it in the uh, in the real estate business, right? Yes, um, yeah. real estate. And, um, hey, I still am around my wrestling people whenever I can. And like I said, I make it a point now to, like, if I don't have a table or if I'm just going there, I'm not doing the autographs, but I'm seeing my friends because, mm -hmm. I, you know, that, that's, that's a luxury in itself. Yep. But I would like to do that. I'd like to do more of that to get back out because there are a lot of, there is interest. So if there's interest, call Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. Let let me know. I'm, I'm a... I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm your uh, unofficial agent. That's it. All right. <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you, Chris, very, very much. Uh, My pleasure, Mike. Again, uh, uh, thank you all. Sounds good. Th thanks so much uh, for being on the show tonight. You bet. Bye-bye. All, right. all right. Thank you guys for uh, being uh, <clears throat> enjoying the Mike McGurk interview, um, part two. Interesting Shane McMahon story, as I said. Um as you can see, awesome upgrades on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I hope you like it. Uh, and for those who didn't hear, um, I'm feeling loopy um, because I just left uh, the emergency room about a couple, a couple hours ago, about two and a half hours ago. And uh, I had um, <clears throat> some really bad headaches and dizziness because my back was hurting so bad. So they put me on some pretty extreme meds to to get my back feeling better and my head feeling better. So I feel I feel better, but uh, very loopy, <laughs> very very loopy on uh, meds right now. So just to tame down that back pain. So um, yeah, it's been been pretty tough, man. To be honest with you. Um, so. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, you guys keep me in prayer, and um, so my, my back, that uh, it'll get better and feel better, and um, 
let's have some fun tonight to get my mind off of this loopiness that I have right now. I was in a hospital bed for five hours and uh, about four and a half. And uh, yeah, not not okay. Do I intermittent fast? Uh, if so, um, first of all, asking random ask questions ask Chris questions like that, GHP is definitely going to make me feel better. Um, GHP is asking, do I intermittent fast? If so, that could play a role in your dizziness. No, my I don't intermittent fast. Um, uh, that's not a part of my my training regimen. Uh, I I eat. Uh, breakfast, uh, my eating schedule is off. Um, I eat three times a day, typically, sometimes two, but, uh, yeah, I actually need to eat more. Um, but I just train hard, but my dizziness is my, is stemming from my back. Um, yeah, my, my, the, the, the pain in my back is causing my head to be, to hurt and my dizziness. So when they when I went to the hospital and they gave me medicine, um, it helped my back pain and it helped my my headache and dizziness. Um, I was work I actually was working out right before I went to the emergency room, and um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, interesting times. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the co-host with the most, Evan Tech Proud. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing okay, man. I'm glad that you are that, you know, got a little worried about you. had to say a little prayer for you when we talked. But uh, glad that you're back here, live on the mothership, if you will. Yes, sir. Good to be here Thank with you, you co-hosting. Literally just got off air, did about four hours of my show, and jumped on to do yours, let the girls speak. Great interview you did. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And the PNP Nation, random ask Chris, ask Chris, that's ask tech, random stuff. Good to be here. Yeah. You know. um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <clears throat> thanks, JHP. Uh, Michael's asking, uh, ask Chris, what's your hardest daily obstacle to overcome? Good, good question. Certainly my back problems. Um, I'm a very optimistic and um, strong encourager. Um, but yeah, my my back problems are uh, a struggle for me. So, um, so yeah, that is my biggest obstacle from a daily basis. Kimbo's asking, uh, ask Chris if you could interview three individuals outside of the wrestling world. Who would they be? Great question. Great question. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that you mean living. Uh, thanks, Mo. Appreciate it. I'm gonna assume that you mean living. Um, it would be. Um, Ravi Zacharias. That would be number one, or not not really a top three, but that would be one of the. Um, absolutely, um, GSP, um, Robbie Zacharias, um, 
Number two would be, or again, not in a specific order, but Robbie Zacharias, um, probably um, Aaron Cole and Galvey. Those are my two favorite artists. Those are both Christian, uh, a Christian rap artist. So Toby Mac too. I would like to interview Toby Mac. So I would say. I would say um, so. My three would be Robbie Zacharias, um, Toby Mac, and um, Galvi. Yeah, those are my, those would be my three. Good question. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, let's jump into these headlines here. We go. All right, let's start with Becky Lynch. Um, so Becky Lynch, man, she uh, she basically said on an interview with Talksport, she said that uh, the <clears throat> Evolution Two would be ran just. Just fine without um, Ronda Rousey. Mm. So she actually mm. said, um, "Absolutely, um, I don't see." Uh, thanks, Kimbo. Appreciate it. The update for you guys. You know why I updated this the the show graphics, right? I do it for you. Uh, she said, quote, oh, oh, absolutely. First and foremost, it was one of the best pay-per-views of the year. This is regarding um, evolution. <clears throat> and that's not me being biased. That's a fact. Uh, and had a match of the year on it, including yours truly. And regarding, um, and she said, uh, absolutely, I don't see any reason why not. Um as far as another one coming back, she said, I think we have a strong enough women's division without Rousey as long as they tell the stories around us and let us go. And that's all, that's all I'll say. So, um, here's my take on it. I think that, um, I don't agree with that. Actually. I think, I think it's very clear that Ronda Rousey, um, is uh, Ronda Rousey is what made the women's division get to the main event spot. Um, you know, like it or not, you know, I mean, criticize if you will, but at the end of the day, um, it was at at the end of the day, Ronda Rousey is is what put the te- uh, the WWE women's division to the next level. Uh, and I think once you get to the point of bringing back Ronda Rousey, which I think is certainly a better, the, the, the best idea, um, uh, you get to a point where you get where you get her back to the main event level because we've seen when Rousey's been gone the past four months that um, yeah, I mean it's declined drastically, man. Like I mean, the Becky Becky Lynch, yeah, I would give her much credit, 
you know, to, to having that big movement. Uh, as far as uh, when it started last year's SummerSlam, when she turned on Charlotte. But at the same time, you know, if it wasn't for the star power of Ronda Rousey, um, I, I certainly don't think that they would have been main eventing for sure. And it shows that even when Rousey was there, there was a bigger celebrity feel for the women's division. And WWE, I mean, not saying that they don't have the talent for it. I mean, here's here's the, here's the proof. They're bringing back Trish Stratus to compete against Charlotte Flair because they need that star power because Vince McMahon is that type of person that is clear that WWE doesn't see. I mean, you saw in the interview with Steve Austin. He's talking about people grabbing the brass ring and why Brock Lesnar was chosen to beat the Undertaker's streak because no one has grabbed the brass ring. He doesn't have enough confidence in his current roster. And that's sad. I mean, that was, what, five years ago? And still, you know, five years later, he still doesn't have enough confidence in his roster. I mean, yeah, he's pushing people like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the next John Cena when it comes to transcending the business. We see that with him already being part of movies with Top Jaw. Um, But at the same time, you know, I believe Ryback said that Triple H told him that he doesn't, that that WWE doesn't want anybody to transcend the business anymore. John Cena was the last person that they want to transcend the business. And that's a terrible way. That's just a terrible concept because you don't have that larger than life feel anymore. And it's very clear with the, with the storylines, you don't have that larger than life feel anymore. There's some good stuff, you know, there's some lightning in the bottom moments like the Becky Lynch, especially the Kofi Kingston. Right now, we're seeing that a, a little bit with Kevin Owens. But for the for the major part, for, for the majority, you don't have that big fight feel anymore. And I think the problem is, is that uh, once you're, <clears throat> once there's people like Ronda Rousey gone from the company, it goes to show how much they're struggling. It, yeah, let's be real. WWE doesn't have enough new star power, period. Just said it on my show. Since 2002, WWE's only to be four stars. You said it. Batista, Brock, Randy Orton, John Cena. That's it. As far as household names, that I didn't need nobody. You ain't got to be a wrestling fan. You know them. When it comes to the women, it's not it's not a lot of marketable women out there, and we're not sexist because we're friends with a lot of them. But it's true. We were at WrestleMania, and you can attest to this. I just said it was not a lot of people falling asleep and slump by the time yeah. the main event hit. People oh, were yeah. asleep. It was it was yeah. tired. It was cold. I know you was in pain. My butt was yeah. hurting. But at the end of the day, it's like. They barely, they, they tried, in the last evolution, they tried to download DLC content, all these older stars. Look at the women's rumble. They tried to throw all these older women's stars the best they could to make this rumble relevant or to make any women, the women's full pictures be relevant. It's not being sexist, but it's the truth. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Is Michelle McCool really a legend? No. What is she really? I mean, she's there, but do we consider her a legend? No. I mean, she's under right. the bull bear. We get it. But what has she really done in the business to the point that we think she's a legend? Ronda Rousey right. was the biggest star in the business besides Brock when she was there. That's the MO. She's trying to have a baby back in the year. That's impossible. Now your Jax is gone. That's a big blow. 
Tamina just keeps getting shoved up and shoved down. Uh, Sa- Sasha Banks is a big going chief. Sasha not being there is a big, huge uh, chief go. Who do you care about? Charlotte keeps getting worked down on her body. That's lost and lost there. Oscar, she's up and down. What happened to her? So, and Becky, she's this the cute Irish girl. She's not even the man anymore. She lost her edge. So, and Trish, I love Trish. You know, that's like my top two, three divas of all time. Women wrestlers. She did not look right tonight. She didn't deal with no. the game. It's like, and I love the women. I'm all full of TNA, the great impact, whatever you want to call it, across the line, anthem. They had Kong and, and, and uh, Gary Kim and all the other ones, uh, uh, Jessica Havoc and the other ones. But who do you have? No no one that right now is just, someone said in the chat, the 24-7 title gets more segment and more air time than the women's title. Mm-hmm. It, it, no. So I disagree with Becky Lynch. Without Ronda, even if Ronda was there, okay, she's there. She has one match. What about the undercard? Yep. Brand exactly. Ivory, Victoria, you know what I mean? All, all the, the legends of yesterday, Alonzo Blaze, you know, Akira Hokuto, Bruno Nakano, they all retired from one of them playing golf. Bertha Faye's <laughs> going on with the Moolah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Persephone and Sherry. So, Moolah and May Young, they were they were singing for the on the Attitude Era before that. So, you know, it, it, I wanted to go well, but nah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. It would, it, would be better than, it would be better than Starcade 94 and December to December of this number. I give that <laughs> oh, Yeah, those were pretty rough. Uh, trivia question. Uh, the, this Nature Boy debuted in WWE at um, in 1995 in your house versus Ahmed Johnson. We never got to this. This is like the third week of Axe's question, and I, we, we never get to it. So. <laughs> Uh, next we got Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon, he completely writes SmackDown. He can he he called an emergency meeting and completely rewrote SmackDown. So allegedly, this is the second week of uh, Eric Eric Bischoff's uh, writing. Uh, you know, uh, not writing, but just you know, the executive director of SmackDown. Um. And he called a mercy meeting. It was supposed to be the New Day versus, uh, I think, Ziggler and True, I think. Um, it was supposed to be True and somebody against the New Day. Um, and then, but, you know, they end up uh, accompanying Kofi Kingston instead. Um <clears throat> Yeah, he rips the script and rewrites the show. Uh, this is uh, originally reported by Ryan Satin of, Ryan Satin of uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, it was supposed to be Drew McIntyre and Elias. Um, that was supposed to be the first thing. Um, Drew McIntyre lost to Kevin Owens. got stunned. Yeah, Drew lost clean to Kevin Owens. That was one. That was that was really weird. Um, I agree, GSP. Juicy is falling tremendously. Losing, at least, could have been DQ. That was just odd, man. To to, it was really, really, really weird. Um, so there's he, other. He's becoming Shane Blackie. 
they were going against uh, the Democratic presidential debate, so they're concerned about that when it comes to the viewership. Um, so, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. That's not very good for for Eric Bischoff. That's for sure. Uh, as far as as far as his influence on on uh, SmackDown, I mean, for see, that's the thing. I mean, all the people I spoke to that were I, I spoke to former writers before, and they've they've said that they've said you know, and I spoke to former um, former wrestlers. I mean, or check out my archived interview with uh, Brad Maddox. He talks about this. He talks about um, how Vince McMahon. We're just last minute stuff and just eleventh hour, just chain stuff and yeah, go Google Pancakes and Power Slams Brad Maddox and, and check out the, my interview with Brad Maddox. It was he revealed some interesting stuff about uh the backstage chaos uh when it comes to um when it comes to the booking. Bret Hart has said that a bunch of times before too, as far as just even when he comes in as a guest like he would have to memorize something like a few hours beforehand and then and then he'll have it memorized and then they'll give him something else, you know, just 11th hour. So it, it's pretty chaotic, man. Um, very, very chaotic. So like I said, apparently this is the second week of um, – there, there's rumors that this is the second week of Eric Bischoff's uh, – um, Influence on SmackDown. I don't think he has a full he, influence. There's oh, reports that Paul Heyman he, had the biggest influence on Raw um, this past Monday, but you know, as far as uh, Eric Bischoff, there's still some rumors that he's having some more influence. But obviously, I mean, yeah. this man calling an calling an emergency meeting to rewrite to rip up and rewrite the SmackDown script that has to be. That has to be a bit frustrating to the to the talent, especially Drew McIntyre. Yeah, for what for what I gather under good authority, Eric Bischoff isn't doing anything creative or SmackDown just yet. Um, so that's what I'm getting from those inside there. He's not doing anything creative yet. He's there. He's backstage. He's not doing anything creative yet for SmackDown. That's what I was told today, yesterday. Um, but. I mean, Vince doing the emergency meeting. He needs to do more emergency meetings. But you got to think, with the way SmackDown is with tonight, did it really help? I mean, you got McIntyre is jobbing out to Owens clean. And, you know, it's just like Trish seemed like she was out. out that seemed like they wouldn't get back to King's Court, which I remember when that came out with Morgan made like his third return back. Remember that? He had the jacket. It was all hot. It was summertime wearing that paint that jacket. The King's Court segment seemed like it was like 30 minutes long. So mm-hmm. he's doing these, these, these rewrites. And I'm going to get smacked down. Like I said, I mean, Kofi, uh, you know, Kofi's doing well, as I know. But he's got to see, like I said, from what I got, EB isn't doing anything creative yet. But Heyman, on the other hand, you know, Heyman's going to have an influence on Raw. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to look up some stuff because there's. Um, I know it's a lot of shaking stuff, but. Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to look up. 
as far as his role, let's see. So, 83 weeks. He was on 83 weeks and said um, <clears throat> his start date was supposed never supposed to be before July 22nd. So, this was on 83 weeks. Um, and he said, also said that uh, he's going to present He's going to be present for this week's episode of SmackDown. So, as of last week, he had some type of hand. His last week was the uh, the 23rd. So this was uh, as this is this is supposed to be his second week to have some type of presence on the show. Now, of course, um, now of course there's. I mean, now of course he's not. You know. From what I know, from what I've heard, again, I, I'm not sure, but uh, from what I've heard, he doesn't have like a huge presence. But as of last week, this is his sm- second SmackDown and he's having some um, influence. So we'll see. I mean, but here's here's the thing. At the end of the day, I, I don't know if it was an Eric Bischoff written script. I don't want to make assumptions and say that it was, but. If this is the second week of Eric Bischoff influencing, uh, and and Vince McMahon is you know make calling audible and throwing you know calling a mercy meeting and vetoing, whoever wrote the the show is pretty upset about it. And so if if Eric Bischoff is filling his role as the executive director now, I'm sure that that would be upsetting. I'm not sure how much power he has right now. I don't want to assume, but Whoever it was, I'm sure was frustrated that Vince McMahon called an emergency meeting to do that. So, um, very interesting stuff, and we'll see. We'll see if this causes any rift uh, between, uh, you know, management. I know that there were some issues with him and in, 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 um, Road Dog. You know, as far as writing, the, the writing is concerned, and he would get frustrated and stuff. And so, this isn't the first time that someone has potentially gotten frustrated over an 11th hour, you know, Vincent Mann decisions. And so at the end of the day, he has ultimate veto power. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Vince Mann has ultimate veto power and, uh, um, yeah. Next we have Rhino. Um, <clears throat> he, so he debuted, um, you know, it looks like he's going to be feuding with Michael Logan. Signed a exclusive, I mean, signed, signed a multi-year contract for, with Impact Wrestling. He actually uh, had a um, interview with um, with uh, Sporting News, and he was talking about how like they he had like double the downside for his new WWE deal. Um, Malvin uh, said. Uh, <laughs> He gives it six months, so that would be <laughs> quite interesting. Uh, and thanks for the support, Allie. Uh, six months, yikes! Bischoff, uh, you know, made the move, and you know, he, you know, he's 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 making this a, a big deal for him. And so, um, we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see how. I, 
I would hope that it takes more that it's more time than that uh, because Eric Bischoff is such a a good hand, is such a good mind to the business. Um, you know, I've had Eric Bischoff on the show uh, two or three times, and um, you know, I appreciate him devoting his time to me and my show. We've we've talked off air and just a nice guy. And um, I, you yeah, know, I, 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 I'm I'm pulling for him. I hope you know, hope that uh, he has the mind to uh, to really shake up. I think I think you know. Um, um, oh goodness, Ryan Ward and and and, and Road Dog. I think they were doing pretty good. I, I've always think SmackDown's been a pretty <clears throat> for a while. I think for the for the most part, um, R- Raw has done. I mean, SmackDown has been a a more solid show than Raw has. SmackDown's been a more solid show than Raw. So um, yeah. You know, I hope that that I hope that it continues with with Eric Bischoff at the helm. Um, so, who, no one knows who what Nature Boy uh, debuted in WWE against Ahmed Johnson. No one knows that. We're gonna be stuck on this uh, this question for three weeks. Uh, so, Rhino, um, Rhino, he interviewed with Sporting News, and like I said, he and he he's had interviews before, and he was talking. I think it was Chris Van Vliet. Uh, by the way, big shout out to him. He actually landed a job uh, at. Um, he just announced like a day or two ago that he uh, is going to be working for AEW now. Uh, come you know their television and stuff. So that's really cool, man. He's he's been grinding with with the interviews, and um, yeah. he interviewed some big names, and so that's really cool. And he's actually uh, from Ohio. Yeah, I think he moved to Florida from Ohio. Um, so an Ohioan, so uh, definitely give him props from that, for that, for representing the OH10, and sure, um, boy, yeah, OH. hard work really pays off. I agree, Kimbo. Absolutely. Uh, Ashton, no. Uh, Hulk Hogan's never been a nature boy. Uh, this nature boy <laughs> debuted in WWE at 1995 in your house against Ahmed Johnson. Yep, Ohio to Canada to South Beach. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, Rick was in WCW '95. Uh, so yeah, Rhino said that he's going to retire in eight years. He he plans on retiring in eight years. So um, he said, he, uh, "Let's see. I'll, I'll quote it here. Um, uh, we're PG Ashton, so uh, keep that in mind." Um, you know, all the chat, actually. Uh, nope. What's up, Sports Huddle? Great to have Monday. you back, man. Uh, no, you guys are saying Lex Luger, Shane Douglas, those are not nature boys. <laughs> actually, Lex Luger. Sports but, Huddle, were uh, you there live? No. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Lex nice. Lugar actually was a typo, and I have the old NWA, NWA 1988, 11 by 17 booklet. It was actually uh, promoting on a big wrestling book. And they actually botched Lugar's name, and it actually says Lex Lugar instead of Lex Lugar. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's all these days that he was uh, uh, how, any, how any, uh, any dark stuff, uh, sport, uh, sports huddle? PL, there you go. 
Thank you, sir. Buddy Landale. Great lady. Buddy, got somebody got Buddy right. Landale. The uh, greatest Buddy Landale. Yes. A very fine looking elbow, if I may say. Yes, yes absolutely. Go big guys. Well, watch them uh them WCW uh them uh what you call them? The the weekly shows, the NWA Worldwide, the WCW mm-hmm. the Saturday in night. the studios, watch them. Yeah. Saturday night, watch them. Him and mm-hmm. uh um my man um Bill Dundee, Sir William. Cold screw up. Oh, okay, Bailey defeated Charlotte for the women's championship. Was the dark match? Okay, cool. Thanks for reporting that, Sports Huddle. You get an exclusive here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Good stuff. Uh, next trivia question: uh, Heavy Machinery beat a B team before SmackDown went live. Okay, cool. Who was the special guest referee of the Vince vs. Shane match at WrestleMania 17? Uh, he said. Um, I would like to try for eight years. That's my goal. Hit 32 years in pro wrestling. Um, I was watching a thing on former NASCAR driver Richard Petty, and he drove for 32 years along with winding it up. I like to get more involved in my community. I own a marina in Monroe, Monroe, Michigan called Big Daddy's Boatyard and want to work on that. I don't know about becoming a wrestling coach, but I think you owe it to um yep good job mo and ghp foley i see some friendly competition in there um but i think you owe it to the wrestling business to do autograph uh signings for the fans or help build another talent by making more of a behind the scenes approach uh, these major pro wrestling companies need to help bring guys in to help develop the future behind the scenes. Hopefully my career ends eight years from now so I can help the younger generation because I don't want to abandon the business like that whatsoever. Interesting quote. Um, Rhino's, uh, I think he's like 42 now or something like that. 42, 43. Um, so that would make him 50 when he ends, when he <laughs> when he retires, 43. Yeah, 43. He'll be 44 this year. So he wants to retire when he's 51. So, very yeah, I don't think he got because I've interviewed him and talked to him before a few times uh, at different shows. Very guy, very polite, very positive. Dude is huge. His chest muscles alone is about probably your own size. Yes, yes. I've talked to him at an ROH event. He is, he is, uh, Short, short guy, short, but a shorter size. guy. Like a, I'm six one though, like so yeah. But he is, uh, man. His his legs are like tree trunks though. So. Tree trunks, yeah. Yeah. If you keep his score, if you keep his score, uh, still trace one, Roman Reigns zero. Oh, this one was horrible. Oh man, that, uh, yeah, that was the, bad. The camera angles. That was bad. <laughs> yep. Since the Ricky Ricky, yep. she did it. For the rock, I did it for the rock. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then Roman Reigns kind of backs up, like, wait a minute, what was that? Backs up, like, no, no. So, it, it, I, you know what? I, I haven't seen that kind of work like that since the halftime heat when the rock, air quote, you know, got pinned by the fourth lift. Yes. Was, yes. Uh, yeah. Very That's interesting stuff. Whatever yep. that is. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling mystery. So he, 
who pushed the crates on Roman, who drove the white Hummer. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, that camera shot was terrible, G- Kimbo says. I agree. Yeah, GTV. Yeah. Yeah. GTV. <clears throat> Who was the yeah. black scorpion? Actually, who was the first two black scorpions that attacked Cena and didn't take the mask off? And who was the other Al Perez was one of them. Yeah, that's right. Al Perez was one. I think Arnie was one. Wyndham. Wyndham, yeah. Wyndham was one. Mm-hmm. This guy was Al Perez again when the black guys attacked uh, uh, the ski masters attacked Hogan before it was revealed it was a blue eye. And then they did the same storyline with uh, remember that Savage and Hogan with the with the Renegade. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Still more. <laughs> yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is your Raw and SmackDown grades? Let me know what you what you got. What's your what's your Raw and SmackDown grades? Um, next trivia question. And again, sorry guys, man. Sorry, I'm not as vibrant as I usually am. I feel very loopy, and my 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 <laughs> these meds are like causing me like causing a little drowsiness, and so uh, I feel like loopy, and so I'm trying to push through it for you guys for the PNP Nation. So again, I appreciate it. Uh, I rather feel loopy with the bad back. I mean, uh, with with less back pain than non-loopy with uh, insane levels of back pain that's causing me uh, dizziness no, and, and headaches. So. We got you. Yeah. Got you, so man. I appreciate it, guys. Um, JSP Raw C minus SmackDown B. Thanks, P. I appreciate the, the support. Ashton Raw, 10 out of 10. No. SmackDown, 1 out of 10. Oh, okay, wow. Interesting. Um. Gabriel's excited for uh, Sammy Callahan versus uh, Tessa Blanchard. Um, Kimbo's asking, X Chris, what keeps you motivated during down or stressful times? Very simple answer, Jesus. Um, Very simple answer there. Nothing. Jesus. Let's see. Mo is uh, Raw C, SmackDown B. Um. Raw, B plus, SmackDown, B for Sports Huddle, Gabriel, C minus for both of them. The most said God. The real question is, let, let's grade Seth Rollins getting his tail beat and that blood coming out of his mouth, which was real, by the way. Yeah, he so I heard there were some backstage stuff about that. Yeah, I heard there was some bad state stuff about that. Um, uh, Ashton's asking, um, can I do a live Q&A? I usually do. Uh, first of all, Ashton, uh, welcome to the show. Um, new PNP Nation chat member. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, had, I've, I've, I've done, a, I do a lot of live Q&As. I've done a lot of Q&As. Um, let's see. Let's see the ones I've done recently. I know I did one of the PCO, Shane Taylor. Um, let's see. PCO, Shane Taylor. Nick Patrick was live a couple of weeks ago. PCO, Rocket Oh, I'm Rocket Rocket Yeah. 
Allison K Billy was uh, live. Uh, was live Q and A. Uh, Black Billy Bart Jack was live Q and A. Um, Lance Archer was live Q and A. Kenneth Johnson from Two Hundred Five Live. Ezekiel Jackson was live. Daniel Peter was live. Sean Stasiak was live. Uh, these are all like previous episodes going back from a couple weeks and, and backwards. Um, Chris Masters was live. Ken Anderson, Adam Rose, Sean Navari. So, yeah, uh, I usually have. Hey, uh, another great note. <laughs> uh, Ali finally came out to Ali. He finally decided to step in the ring. So we're going to give yeah. Ali some praise. Yeah. Give Ali some. I, I, I don't get those segments. I don't, I don't get the hype, man. I'm sorry. Not, I, don't, I don't get the hype what, with what, Ali. First of all, what? What is he? You're standing in alleyways, being a creep, sitting on park benches at bus stops, looking around, playing some random. Yeah. What, what are you? Like, but he still comes out to the Scorpion dead. and Sub Zero uh, cop type. Right. Of, you know, like he's doing all that with kind of like a character change. He comes right back to the same uh-huh. character. So it's like, yeah. But what is the point? Him and the alley remind me of the old cat is Jack Then yesterday, today, where he echo had amnesia. Remember that? He was walking around and trying to find his stuff. What is, what is Ali? What is Seth Rollins? There's right. so many people like, what are you? Is this, what are we? We should do a segment. And, right. Uh, I know Mike Mike's listening. What are you? Seth Rollins, Ali, Cedric Alexander, Apollo Crews. Um, help me out, check. Rutgers, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, like I said, I've never been too big on Ali. I mean, I, I think that he'd do really good in NXT, like top NXT uh, star. But um, I, I just I don't see the hype in him, man. Honestly, um, good talent, good talent, but uh, I don't know. Just one of those people. One of those people. One of those people for me. I never never saw the the hype in him. Um, and. Question: What event did, did Brock Lesnar win his first WWE Championship? I'm sorry, Evan. What were you saying? I, I was saying that uh, you know we joke about this a lot. Me and you joke about this off air. Is I think me and even GHP off air jokes and, and uh, Lucky expresses Vince. He he just has this thing. You cannot have two names. It's like the Bible days. You just know him by your surname. That's Vince. You, you know, Alexander Rusev, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get Antonio Cesaro. Antonio Cesaro. You're not going to get a push if you get to get it known by one name. Ali, is, when you hear the name Ali, you're going to think of the greatest of all time in boxing, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. So you're going to think about, you know, you're not going to think about the wrestler. It is crazy, man. Yeah. And, uh, he said Baltimore was nothing to play with. He joked and said, uh, Ali is from Shot Town, so the gunshots got him mixed up. Yeah. He needs to come here to Baltimore. So, right. Uh, you know, yeah, got to get you to come, man. Mm-hmm. Moe's got it right. SummerSlam 2002. <laughs> Uh, Raw was decent. Um, 
I'm I'm interested to see if they're going to either a write off the 24/7 championship or b have someone pin Maria while she's up in her stirrups um, while she's pregnant with right. her OB appointment. <laughs> so that would be funny. Uh, I agree, Kim. But what happened to Apollo versus Nakamura? I don't like what they're doing. You know, y- y'all know I'm a big Apollo Cruz guy. Um, yes, yeah, a three win now, right? Huh? Yes, yeah, a three win. Is it Nakamura? Uh, oh God, I said it. Um, Ali and um, it's a three win, isn't it? Smackdown. Nakamura, no, it looks Ali. like they're gonna do. It looks like gonna do. I mean, Apollo went over to NXT, lost to Kushida. Um, I don't think I don't think that's gonna be a permanent move, but I think that Apollo should be in NXT permanently um, and and be you know a top contender for like either the North American Championship or um, the World Championship. <clears throat> um, I agree, Mo. Apollo deserves it more than Ali. I I, I definitely agree with that. I I don't know, man. As far as Raw is concerned, it seems like I hope they don't write off the twenty four seven championship because that's one of the biggest, um, they one of the on. biggest, one of the best things going on 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 Raw. One, a lot of times it is the best thing going on on Raw. So I, I I'm ho- if if they don't do a Thursday thing, like if they don't do a uh, thing where they they have her lose it on Thursday. Looks like they'll probably would write it off, and that, that would be absolutely terrible idea. Um, Ricochet looks like you know, obviously Ricochet. Interesting to see Renee Michelle uh, return. She was a part of the Mayan Classic. Um, now Braun Strowman. I, I hope I hope they're not turning him heel again. That would be awful. I hope Braun Strowman wasn't the guy who pushed the uh, trust down. That uh, that would first of all, I don't want to see Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman again. And second of all, you are sabotaging Braun Strowman's character if you keep switching him over from babyface to heel to to babyface again. If you turn him heel, that would be awful. I don't understand what they're doing with with SummerSlam. You don't have a spot for Drew McIntyre. You don't have a spot for the New Day. You don't have a spot for the club, uh, for Allison and Gallows. You kind of have a spot for Roman Reigns, depending on who. You know, it might have been Daniel Bryan that did it. If you know, if if right now they don't have a spot for Daniel Bryan unless Daniel Bryan was the person. Um, He'll be on a free show. Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, they got they don't have spots for so many top names. Right. I don't know what Rain, the heck they're doing with Ziggler. I don't see them bringing back Michaels for this. Um, so, I doubt that all, Michaels would want to come back, and I, and I certainly doubt that Michaels would want to put or is going to put Ziggler over. Ziggler is notorious be, right. for being, you know, quote a good hand, and. Uh, yeah, they. I don't. I don't see WWE. I mean, dude's almost forty years old. I don't see WWE saying, "Okay, well, this is the time where we'll actually make Dolph Ziggler a, a top guy." What I see, what I see with Ziggler, which I think would be a pretty cool idea, which I which I would really advocate, would be if uh, Ziggler did an open challenge 
at uh, at SummerSlam. Um, Michaels, you know, he, he thinks it's going to be Michaels or whoever. And I think what you do is you have an open challenge and you have Goldberg music come out. Goldberg come out and absolutely squash Ziggler. Okay. And that would be a good way to kind of right the wrongs on his Saudi Arabia thing, which, right. again, you can't really blame Goldberg for because he had a concussion within a couple minutes of the match. So it ended up being a disaster. <laughs> Taker got his moment back with, the, you know, with extreme rules. And, you know, I think Goldberg, you know, needs to get his moment back with, you know, with SummerSlam and, and being a, like a, a open challenge, except, you know, a recipient, someone who accepts the open challenge comes in and just wipes the floor with, with Ziggler. That would be my preference. That would be a good way to, you know, redeem. Sam is right. That's a good idea. Sammy's right. It is supposed to be Dolph against Miz. Yeah, it's supposed to be Dolph versus Miz, but they haven't really built that up, though. Like, well, it it could, like, and we don't even know that for sure. Like, like the the, the Miz TV thing, um, you know, and and just, they haven't really built that up. Especially, they could have done it now. They could have, it's weird. Um, GSP, Dolph needs this win. Honestly, I wouldn't mind HBK being a life coach to Dolph, get him an IC or US title, then maybe work his way up to a world title shot at least. Man, you know what, GSP, as, much, as, as good as that sounds, man, I, I think that uh, Dolph Ziggler's pretty much at the point of no return um, at, at this point. I, I think that for being the, the time that he's been in the WWE, the start stop push that the WWE give him, he's a really good talent. Very good talent, but the WWE just sees him. He said this in an interview before. The WWE just sees him as a good hand. Someone who, who um, thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. God bless you too. Um, someone who, um, some someone who is good to be at the beginning. Middle or end of the match is what he said. Like one week, one month he'll start open up a match. Another month he'll main event. He'll, another one he'll be in the middle. And he's been known in WWE as a good hand. And he said that's one of the worst places to be is to be a good hand in the WWE because you'll never get to a point where you'll stay a top guy. And so that's really been his kind of like death spot, you know, and uh, I don't see that changing. I don't see, I don't see the WWE changing, um, you know, making, having a, having Dolph Ziggler be in that way. Sadly, because he's a good, he's a great talent, but the point, you know, at, at this point, what they've done with Dolph Ziggler, I don't see him being a, finally get to the point where he's a, a top talent. And Shawn Michaels isn't going to put him over. Um, I don't can, see that at all. Can, can can we get can Shawn Michaels please get a wig on his head? We do not need a bald Michaels. It looks horrible. It's like a Q-tip. It is, it's stop. He's Michael going some. I've noticed he's going a little hair out. Which is please is just something. Where uh, and, and, and Ziggler's great. Like Mike said, Ziggler's the best. I said it before one of the best selling wrestlers in the business. But like you said, when you say you're a good hand, 
get his utility like in baseball. You're going to the Jesus. Now we need to go get the job. Don't matter if you get it back. We'll just plug you in. Like in the National League, we're just going to add you to the double switch. And the pitcher, you know, we, we don't want the pitcher to hit. We're going to throw you up there to get one swing. Then we'll put you on back. It's, well, it's like being being in the temp agency and being the temp all your life. We would big big with that. He's, and he's such a such a good um such a good talent. But at yep. least we know who Ziggler is. We know who Dolph Ziggler is. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right, SmackDown. Um yeah, so Raw I, I give it a C minus uh B uh, B minus C plus for, for SmackDown. I don't I don't I didn't like Drew losing. I didn't like Finn losing. Yep, that was yeah. a bad idea. You, why would you make Finn lose? The point of that is to the point of you want to make Bray Wyatt look as good as he can. Now, if he's beating someone, now he's going to most likely squash Finn. But if he's beating someone who just got beat by, you know, um, Dolph Ziggler, why would like that? How does that make you look stronger? That doesn't make any sense to me. You need to make Finn Balor look as strong as he can, so when he gets wiped up with uh, with Bray Wyatt, um, that would just be um, that would that would be a better a better idea to make Bray look stronger. So um, bad, bad, bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea. Uh, I got a question. Yep. If HBK, and I'm not making fun of all people to say he looks bad, boy. He's a chief of his good ball, Triple H, coach. If you could pick any hairstyle for Shawn Michaels' career to slap on his head as a wig, what would you need? I would pick the AWA Bushy, the Bushy Blonde in 1987. <laughs> uh, I do like the. I'll do the DX, uh, the, the Attitude Era, um, not the mullet that he had in the early '90s, like during the uh, the uh, Rockers breakup, but the uh, the ponytails, you know, black back and long hair, Shawn Michaels. Um, James P says Bray finishes Finn in under three minutes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure, and the, that's why you got to make Finn look strong. And then you had Shinsuke beat, uh, lose to Ali, which I don't like. Right. Champions yeah. losing on on you know regular TV cleanly. That was a bad idea. I know they're going to do Ali and, and, and Shinsuke at WrestleMania at, at SummerSlam, which I don't mind. But having Shinsuke lose cleanly like that, I think that's a bad idea. Um. Eli's asking uh, Roman Reigns' new character, the stunt double. <laughs> well, that's good. a comment. Um, uh, I like the fact that they did have Kingston lo- uh, beat AJ Styles clean. Because Kingston, I mean, needs to look strong as a champion. So I did yeah, like that. I did like that. And, and again, again like Orton needs to look strong as a heel, man. He he, he needs to look strong as a heel. Um, Kimball's asking, should Bray Wyatt just wrestle on pay-per-views? Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm really like 
If you're having the fiend mask, you don't want to overdo that because that's kind of like a demon character. You don't overdo the fiend. I like the random appearances and then wrestling on the pay-per-views. Absolutely. I think that was actually strengthen his character. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think I will give, yeah, I think I'll do C plus for SmackDown, C minus for, for Raw. So, all right. Well, yeah, it's time, guys. It's time, guys. Let's, let's do this. It is Flavor of the Week. Let's, let's go. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right. Let's do this. Okay, so now we have the uh, finals. Um, let's see. Let me bring this up for y'all. The finals and the semifinals. All right, here we go. Um, so there's the final four. Kane, Ivan Koloff, Jeff Hardy, and Eddie Guerrero. Let's start off with Kane and Uncle Ivan. So you got Kane or Uncle Ivan. Kane or Uncle Ivan. Uncle Ivan. Uncle Ivan. Good guy, by the way. Uncle Ivan. Kane. Jeff Hardy versus Eddie Guerrero. Jeff Hardy versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie. Yeah, got Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. All right. Good stuff, guys. Uh, all right, so the finals is Kane versus... Eddie Guerrero, who is the greatest former one-time WWE champion? Kane Eddie. or Eddie Guerrero? Eddie spelled his name how was it? ECW. E-D-D-Y. E-D-D-Y, yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, looks like we got a winner. And the winner is the greatest one-time WWE champion Eddie Guerrero. That is awesome stuff, man. Good job, guys. Uh, sweet actress, prolific as you just saw right there. On the land, the plane. Really, really appreciate y'all hanging out with me tonight, despite my uh, uh, <laughs> leaving, just leaving the emergency room a few hours ago. I had a lot of fun, and this is great. This is a great way to end my night, man. I didn't want to miss this on the world, and so was able to get it done and have a lot of fun with it. Special thank you to Michael McGurk uh, for part two and sharing that Shane McMahon story. Uh, thanks for everyone who's uh, praying for me as I get better. I uh, really had a good time, guys. As we land the plane, to thank everybody for being a part of the show tonight, episode 383 in the books. We have Evan Seg Prout. I am Chris.
Chris Featherstone. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And always remember, I do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.